Hi, welcome to Project Healing, a podcast whose mission is to shed light on true self-care, healing our inner demons, and connecting the world in deeper and more meaningful ways. We all have a story to share, and we're very excited to be a part of helping everyone to share their own along the path of their healing journey. I'm your host, Katherine Galvin, psychic medium and intuitive healer, and with me, I have my co-host. I'm Jenna Korzynski, empathic intuitive healer and medium. I believe that we have to feel our pain in order to heal it, and that community is a huge part of that process. Thank you for being on this journey with us. Hello. (laughs) Welcome back to Project Healing. Today we are not two, we are three. Jenna, of course, is here, and I just said I wouldn't sing, and now I'm doing it again already. Um, And a friend of mine, Courtney, who, how do we say your last name, Courtney? I don't even know how to say it now. (laughs) (laughs) Territory Montang. Territory Montang. Oh my goodness. Okay. Who I met on an Inner Bloom podcast retreat in... February, March, right before the world ended with COVID. We were like the last travelers <laughs> for a little bit there. Um, but Courtney actually is the host of her own podcast called Mom Interrupted, which is fantastic and holy cow flourishing. You have so many episodes out, so many guests who have been on there, so much good information to share. So if you're a mom and you're sick of being interrupted, listen because it's so good it's so 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 good and so full of sunshine and light and I was telling Jenna how just like you're just magical like everyone at the retreat was like we just want to put Courtney in her pocket and bring her with us everywhere because she's always got such uplifting stuff to say it's so wonderful so you're a podcast host of Mom Interrupted and you're also an intuitive parenting coach so Jam girl, tell us what your deal is. What do you do? How do you help others heal? What's your life about? What do you want to share with us? We're just going to let you like free for all here. All right. You know, I like to just rant at people and I love it. Listen to my podcast. So I have five children and I was lucky enough to birth my children and raise them for a good period of their time in a super remote valley in Hawaii. And so I was able to birth my children how I wanted, which was at home. And um, really, like, that's where I kind of opened up the door to a bunch of my spirituality. It was, like, truly connecting to my baby and then connecting to their path. And then as it moved forward with raising them, I was able to stay very connected, I feel, because I lived in a place with no Wi-Fi, no phone service, no um, electricity except for solar. I had to cross four rivers to get to my house, and it's very secluded, but has a very beautiful, loving community that's a bit alternative. And so anything that I was doing with raising my children, I didn't have a lot of outside influences. And I just got to feel into like, well, what do they need in this moment? And and what does this one need in this moment? Because that's different. And then I came out in the world. So about Almost four years ago, we moved up into town, still a very small town, still on the island of Hawaii, still living off grid and, you know, as basic as possible. But looking around, realizing, wow, I had something that not a lot of people have. I had the ability to 
parent my children how I wanted to, how I felt they needed. And that's not always supported. And so then I looked around and was like, well, how can I support parents to feel confident that their child chose them and they have all the tools their child needs and they don't need to always just follow the path that's in front of them. We're seeing the world is changing rapidly. We don't even know what to tell our children the world's going to look like, you know, six months from now, let alone six years from now. And so then, you know, with the very small idea of wanting to change the world through how we parent our children, (laughs) you know, I decided that like, that's how we can do it, right? We all, we've all had the experience of, you know, growing up and then having to heal our childhood and heal some of the things. And I'm not saying that if you intuitively parent, your child's not going to experience trauma, they're not going to experience hardship. I appreciate the hardships in my life for sure. They've brought me to where I am. But wouldn't it be really cool if our kids could be as activated as possible their whole childhood and they don't have to heal as much trauma and they get to just step into their next place in the world. They get to, you know, we get to know they came with this divine light inside of them that shines. And how about we like carefully hold that light, you know, really cultivate it and honor it instead of just telling them you need to hide your light so you can fit into the box that society tells you you have to the box that's breaking at this time. So, you know, that's just my small mission in life. <laughs> just, just a little bit of what I'm about there. <laughs> a God. tiny part of this grand voyage. Yeah. Can we, <laughs> I need to say too, because Courtney, you say this all so nonchalantly, but there have got to be jaws dropping. Number one, just to be like, you live that remote in 2020. What the hell? Number one. <laughs> Number two. The fact that the story I heard on the retreat, sorry, not sorry for telling this, about how you were literally like moving at, what was it, 38 weeks pregnant? And you're moving oh, houses? Oh, so when my last child, yeah, my last child, we were living in that remote valley. We thought we were going to have four kids. Wow, we're going to have five. Wouldn't exchange it for the world. So happy he came into our life. We named him Access Access because he's like our points of change and just this this shift that happened in our reality. But it was so funny. We decided when I was pregnant with him, like, okay, you know, my oldest was 12 going on 13. We would get stuck at home because the rivers would come up. Plans weren't something we can make very regularly. And so, okay, maybe we need to change. And so then we're just like at home twiddling our thumbs, waiting for this baby to show its entrance into the world. Okay, end of July comes and goes. Beginning of August. We're okay. So we go to see my midwife on August 10th. She says, just move. It'll be so much easier to move without a tiny baby. So you think? Yeah, yeah, just move. Okay. August 11th, we wake up. Because we already knew where we were moving. We had the house. We were just waiting for this baby to be born because I wanted all of my babies to have been born in this valley, in this yard. You know, I had the whole vision. And this baby was like, "Eh eh-eh, we're changing things. In the yard. And so I... Yeah. I can't. <laughs> this is, Yo, I, if, if you only knew the episode we just recorded about parenting and yeah. postpartum depression and delivery and all of this, and for this to follow that, I cannot wait because we, oh for being two spiritual, three spiritual people, we are all three so very different. And it's just such a beautiful thing to like, that's the point beautiful. of this podcast is to. That's- share for healing but I want 
I want people to hear the story because it's absolutely crazy the way that you had like so, you had August, to time yeah, the so water and everything. <laughs> August eleventh, I woke up and we were like, "All right." We put a bunch of like all our bedding and kitchen stuff in the car. It's about two and a half hours away. We drive there. My husband goes back and gets another load of stuff. And then I start to lose my mucus plug that night. And then we wake up in the morning and he's like, do I have time to go back? And I'm like, eh, usually I've got like a, you know, at least six to 10 hour labor. I don't, I don't usually go super fast. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, go ahead. So he goes and then, you know, there's no phone service down where we used to live. So he calls me from the payphone on the top of the hill. You still good? I think I'm still good. He, I think he got back home around two in the afternoon and we had the baby at seven that evening so literally decided on wednesday we were gonna move moved on thursday had the baby on friday <laughs> crossing wow. the river rapids <laughs> like why why have you not been on survivor yet you would win like just sitting there giggling at everything you could just sit there and be like I mean, it's fine <laughs> people would think that you're you're up to something the whole time and you're not you're just really straight up no, chilling. Okay, so sorry for uh, that. I'm not sorry because your okay. life is just, it's so cool and people don't, you just say it so nonchalantly. I'm over here like geeking out with my hands. I don't even know what to do because it's just <laughs> bonkers to me. Like I grew up country, but Lord, <laughs> that is so different. And <laughs> and beautiful too that you that you have had those experiences and that those were your choices to have your your home births and all of that. I think if I had a baby at home, I would be <laughs> I would be losing my mind in fear. I'd be like, "Get it out. Someone give me pain medicine. I'm done." <laughs> it's not the same, but, but this that is comes back to like intuition for me because it my first baby, I had the strange luck of the draw. Most men aren't like, "Yay, let's have our baby at home in this remote valley." My first husband, we found out we were pregnant happily unexpectedly <laughs> and um so he was right away well let's have it at home and I was like oh no I'm gonna have this in a birthing center in town that's what I can do that's what I can give you I'll do a birthing center and then time passed and I read more and okay well I can do if we rented a house up top in town and had a midwife I'll do that okay and then time passes and he's still holding out I want my friends like our friends were pregnant they lived on the trail they were pregnant with their second baby they had offered to help I just want Rima and Tracy to deliver the baby. And I was like, uh-uh, not happening. And then I read more and delved deeper into more of like, well, what, how does this baby want to come into the world? How can I support this baby's journey? Even it's That's not beautiful. just mine, it's the baby's too. And so I was like, all right, well, I could do it at home with a midwife. And then it, eventually I just kept dreaming of our friends delivering it. And I was walking down the trail with him one day and I was like, Okay, well, this is how this baby wants to be born. And then with every other birth, I definitely wasn't like, I just have my babies at home unassisted and this is how I do it. I check in each time. Yeah. I see a midwife. I like do make sure I'm supporting myself in these ways. But they've all, you know, just wanted to come come that way. <laughs> like my awesome. second child, I actually delivered completely alone because his father had passed away when I was pregnant. And I really wanted his spirit at my birth. And yeah. I also, to be completely honest, I thought one tragedy a year is probably all I got. I think I'm safe. <laughs> oh, my God. So That's faith. I, I mean, you know, 
But I was like, I'm good. And and I, so I saw a midwife that whole pregnancy and I did not tell her I was going to just deliver the baby, even though I was like, I don't think I'm going to call her when push comes to shove. So literally my my na- closest neighbor and I had walkie talkies. So I walkie talkied her in the morning to ask her to come and get my like two and a half year old. So she came and got Angelina and then, yeah. And then I just, I pushed him out, cut the cord and did all the all the stuff, and I really felt his dad's presence very strongly. And I felt like if there was someone else there, I wouldn't, I would have been in my head, or yeah. I wouldn't have, you know. Oh, it's beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah, it was really so, healing. To, I mean, that picture of isolation is very clearly painted now. I think for people, like what you mean by living yeah. remote, it's not just like, oh, yeah. I live in the country. It's like, no, you are secluded. So. Let's talk more about what you said about healing ourselves so that our kids don't have to like go through our healing process as well and, and healing the kids and parenting intuitively. What does all of that mean to you? Well, it's so funny. I was thinking about you today before I came on and like your ancestral healing piece. And, and then I was really viewing how we, you know, as the mothers and the fathers are kind of like the, the linchpin and the turning point, right? We can heal how we were parented so we're healing some of our lineage that way Mm -hmm. as we move forward and then we can also you know heal how we are going to parents now this has not been an easy journey for me because there's a lot of conversations we don't have before we have children we don't discuss what we're going to do when our four-year-old throws a temper tantrum because we're not we're just thinking oh yay we have this beautiful little baby yay and then stuff comes up and then all of a sudden your husband's patterns and your patterns and how you were parented and how they were parented come crashing into each other. And I remember my mom telling me I didn't listen, but she was like, before you get married, it's a really good idea to discuss things like how you want to raise your children and da 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 And, you know, I definitely just like had kids and was like, the universe is beautiful and everything's going to be great. And then, you know, and then things come up and then you're disciplining differently. And so ideally talking to parents even before they have children. So I'm working right now on making a card game called The Conversation because I want to be able to offer some things so you can have those conversations before they arise. And that's also my goal with intuitive like parenting coaching is, okay, even if you have a five-year-old now, there's still so many developmental milestones that are coming down the chute, so many situations you don't even realize are going to arise. And so, you know, if we haven't healed our past patterns, if we're not aware of our husband's patterns, it becomes this, we should be on the same page, but I don't like your page. That's not the page I read when I was growing up. It's a totally different book. What the fuck? You know? So that's kind of where, you know, that's definitely been my experience of like, oh, that's how we were going to do that. That's not how I was going to do that. And so being able to have those conversations before the situation arises is so powerful because then you can even understand each other more in your relationship and just understand yourself more, heal your parenting patterns and move forward to parent your kids from a much more tuned in place. How do parents connect that aren't used to like, so our podcast audience is pretty broad. We have people who are super, super woo woo and are totally like hearing you say like, Oh yeah, my kid chose me. I get that. And then there's the other end of it where they're like, excuse me so how (laughs) how do you share that message of how how do you connect as a parent to your child's needs for those of us who are super connected to wi-fi and all of that crap all the time 
How do you do this on your right. own? How, how do you do that? So I, the first step is definitely connecting into yourself. It's so much about self-healing, about finding your grounding place, you know, about realizing like what triggers you and what doesn't, you know, what patterns arise. And you, it's so interesting when you're parenting because you learn so much about yourself, right? You see, whoa, I didn't realize I was going to react like that. Why am I triggered there? And so doing, I'd like to offer my listeners on the podcast, you know, more healing modalities. And I think there's no one right way to heal. I think there's so many beautiful offerings out there in the world. For me, like somatic was really beautiful because it's, I don't have to think about why I'm upset or I don't have to understand it fully. I can just, but basically the bottom line is like you said, Catherine, we're also plugged into an outside reality. We're also plugged into other things. It all starts with slowing ourselves down. It can be so simple as just making 10 minutes every morning where you actually check in with yourself and say like, you know, how am I feeling today? Because you know what you can do that. And my kids know if I wake up and I'm just like, you know, maybe I'm about to get my period and I'm just in that state. I have the dialogue because I've checked in with myself to say to them, you know, there's, you're not doing anything wrong. I'm in a very like irked mood and I'm probably just going to go out in the garden for a little while. Cause I just need to be alone right now. I don't want to yell at you. I don't, you know, but for me, I think the first, one of the most key things is being human with our children, but we have to be human with ourselves first, right? We have to really understand our own humanity. We have to own our stuff Maybe we don't even have to change it. We just have to own it and say, this is who I am. This is how I show up. And I'm going to vocalize that more. And I'm going to, you know, really own it. And I'm going to allow my kids to own their human stuff. Because for so long, I think it was like, as a parent, you have to have this facade of have it all figured out. I know everything. I've got this. And the kid, we just think, oh, cool. When I turn 20, I'm going to get it. I'm going to know everything. It's going to be great, you know? And so what I like to share with my kids is I don't know. But me showing you I don't know, I'm hoping you can come to me with your mistakes. You can come to me with what you don't understand and know. You can come to me when you've lost your temper. And I could be like, yeah, remember when I did that yesterday? Like, we are all human. And so I guess, yeah, the first step is just tuning into our own humanity, being easy with ourselves. And being real with our children and not needing to be perfect because we're not. I freaking love that so much because just today, just I'm so, and Jenna, oh my God, speak up whenever you want. This is like three hens <laughs> in the kitchen right now. <laughs> I know. And he, you know, she's speaking my language with the kids. So I'm like, yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. So. Wesley, my oldest, will be five in November, and he's also very intuitive, so I'm super excited for this conversation with you as well um, about that. But he was so mad because it probably was still the morning, and I gave him a popsicle. So no parental judgment. It's like a 1,000 degrees out, and I am pregnant as hell. I wanted a popsicle, so sure as shit, he was probably going to have one too, <laughs> and that's fine with me. I was on the phone with my mom, and I said, here, this is like this is the surprise kind. I don't know what kind this is. We're just going to see what it is. Whatever I open is what you're eating. Okay. So I open and he goes, it's not orange. I wanted an orange one. And I said, well, that's too bad. I, we prefaced this, like we already said, it's not going to be orange. Probably you have to take whatever it is. If you want the popsicle, this is what we have to eat. Cause we had a couple left over of ones that like nobody really wanted, but they all taste the same anyway. <laughs> right. So 
trying to get him to take it, and he doesn't want it, he doesn't want it, he doesn't want it. And he finally, like, storms off with his popsicle. He's mad, but of course he still took it, right? And I said, it's this or nothing. It's this or nothing. Go outside. So he comes back in about five minutes later. He had wandered off in the backyard to, like, the side of the house where I couldn't see him. And he comes back in, and he opens the door, and he goes, Mom, I'm sorry I was mad it wasn't orange. Thanks for the popsicle. I was like, oh, my God. This is because when we lose our shit, we are human with our children. And I know just not too long ago, Mike lost his ever-loving mind with them and then turned around. When I came downstairs, I was like, you need to talk to them and blah, 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 and like kind of getting mad. And he's like, I already did. We sat on the kitchen floor and we talked about why I shouldn't react like that, but that sometimes people lose their temper and it's not okay to act like that. But we all make mistakes and we all get spun up over things. So because of those moments, my four-year-old had enough emotional intelligence to say, hey, I'm sorry, I messed up. Maybe he was a little confused about why, like what part of that was actually wrong, but he's on the right track. And that's so, to hear your kids have emotional intelligence, like it's almost more gratifying than knowing that they're like ahead with their alphabet or something like that. You're, especially for people like us, right? We're like, my child's kind. That's so beautiful. Oh, yes. So beautiful. 100%. My kids know they could come home from school. I mean, I don't want bad comments, obviously, you know, on their room. So the comments are what I don't want bad of, but, and their grades, whatever. If their teacher said they were the kindest kid in the class, I'd be like, exactly. That's exactly what they better be. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I deem important. <laughs> that's what I deem necessary. You know, him being able to come back and apologize, that's a life skill. Yeah. That is something that's enormous. And he only learned it because you guys owned it. And I think for so long it was like, well, whatever, I'm the adult. It, I don't need to. And and then we're like damaging our ability to be friends with our children. And when I say friends, I don't mean, oh, you can have whatever you want and walk all over me. I mean, mutual respect and love with each other. Like my kids, I, I, I don't want them to grow up and I get it. They're going to have their moments where they're going to push me away because that's developmentally okay. And I'm totally fine with that. But at the end of the day, I know they come back to me and talk to me about things that there's no way most kids are talking to their parents about because I'm just like, yeah, I get it, man. I make mistakes, too. You see me. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. They learn so much from us when we own our shit, you know, that that I think those are some of the most important lessons that we teach them, you know, so. I feel that. (laughs) And it's been a huge cultural shift lately, I think, too, where we're learning to, I I think as a whole, we're learning, hey, show people vulnerability. And I'm glad that's extending to our children, too, because being human is the most empowering thing that we have, right? This vulnerability, this weakness, this pain, the suffering, it's all stuff to help us connect to other people. And I think it's so important to show that to your kids. Yeah. So... Right, you, the ability to connect. If we're not human, we, we're not connecting. It's a facade, you know? Yeah. What? Yeah. So what is this What is this intuitive parenting program that you are launching soon? I want to hear about this. Okay, so She's our first getting step comfy. would be touching you in the... I got up. Like, woohoo! Um, the first step would be obviously touching into your intuition. So let's take that example you gave us of somebody who is like, what? Huh? What are you talking about? Like how I don't I'm not there yet. You know, 
I don't know about my kids choosing me. And just like going down some of their belief systems, reparenting some of the things that, that they lived through that they might not like, but are now perpetuating forward or are thinking is normal to perpetuate forward. And once we can like look at that, own it, honor it even because it created us to get to where we are right now there's nothing wrong with our past experiences but if we don't learn and grow through them then we're just stuck in that cycle you know and so then that generational trauma is going to continue on through our children and that's not gonna serve anybody and so to tapping into that to to be able to then Take a moment in time and see your child as this beautiful and unique entity and this like truly special being and not just something that you have to make sure just makes it through the day. But taking that time now, there are moments, Catherine, where you have to be like and Jenna, I'm sure where you're like. No, this is just what's happening right now. And we're just you have to listen to what I say. And and I support that 100%. But there's also those moments where we don't take the time when our two year old really wants something. We're like, Oh, well, no, you can't have it do 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 do. Okay, and then two things are going to happen. They're going to throw a temper tantrum. And we're going to give them what they want, because we don't want them throwing a temper tantrum. That's not serving anybody. Or they're going to have a tantrum tantrum and we're going to be like, oh, whatever, you're being a brat. But let's step back and say, what if I took the extra five minutes when my two-year-old, you know, wanted to cut with a knife and I said, I totally understand. I'm here with you and I understand that you want to use this tool that you see your older brother using. But I really, you know, I love you and I don't want you to cut yourself and I don't want you. And here are the reasons why. And there are so many times in our day where it is much easier to just say no and keep moving on. But the the reality and the irony of it is when you just say no and keep moving on, you don't keep moving on. Then you have to go back and damage control and get them out of that mood and all the things, right? So you're not saving anybody time. And now you're in this power struggle you didn't even want to be in. And so, and mom guilt's real, right? We all experience mom guilt. But for me, the way to hack mom guilt is to look at the two-year-old, four-year-old, whatever the age is, have a real conversation about what's going on, then I can walk away. If they still need to live the emotion of having the temper tantrum, I have no anger towards them. I can be like, I get it, man. And sometimes I want to lay on the ground and kick and scream because I'm not getting things aren't going my way too. Like I totally get that. But now I'm going to close the door. I'm going to let you do your thing. And then you're going to come out and you're going to do like your son did today. We're going to have a conversation. I'm going to say, I see you because they really just all want to be seen. And I get it. We're in this fast-paced world, this fast-paced society. We're not included to encourage, included, encouraged to slow down and really relate to our children. We're just encouraged, make sure they're safe, try to control every bit of their reality, and hopefully they can get out the door at 18 safe and whatever. But that's not it. If they don't understand why you say no, then as soon as you're out of the way, they're going to do those things because they don't have the rationalization process, the understanding that like, sometimes I'm ready for things, sometimes I'm not. And so it's just, yeah, taking that extra five minutes. And so I have a Facebook group too, and the podcast to just like, create community around that, because maybe you're living somewhere and every one of your friends that had babies is doing it a little different than you are. And they're telling you, oh, just let them scream in their room or let, and it doesn't feel right to you. There's a time and a place, but 
really what you're going to know once you tap into your own knowing is like, this doesn't feel right. And so like, I have the right as a parent to figure out what feels right for my kid. Because at the end of the day, those are the only kids in my direct reality that came through to, for me to foster their growth with. So also just giving parents that confidence, that like true knowing of themselves so they can look at grandma when she says, well, I didn't do it like that. Well, I wouldn't have done it that way. And they can say, I understand and I totally appreciate what you did, but now I'm doing it this way because this is what I feel like my child needs. End of discussion, don't need to power struggle because I have the confidence that these decisions are working out, you know, and sorry, I just talked for an hour. <laughs> don't apologize. It's great. No, <laughs> we're over here eating it all up. It's we great. are. It's the quietest Jenna and I have ever been. You should be proud of yourself. <laughs> and then you, Catherine, you were mentioning your child who is intuitive and like my eight year old for sure is and picks, you know, she's the one that somebody else is getting yelled at, she's going to cry because she's taking all that emotion onto herself, you know? And so even bringing those tools, it's like what little kid doesn't want to realize the world around them is magic. So how fun to be like, you're feeling a little off. Like, let's go outside and let's work in the dirt for a little while. Going to play in the dirt's going to help you. It's going to ground you, you know, or, or like, you know, I have the same as you, like I have two boys, two years apart. And so I taught them about their bubble, more so their bubble of personal space, right? Like, don't pop each other's bubble. But but now they have that language to say, like, oh, they're in my bubble. Or, or like, my, four, my almost four-year-old the other day was saying, like, well, we can do loving things in the bubble, right? Like, I can Aww. give a kiss inside the bubble. And I'm like, yeah, but just, like, just different ways of being with our kids, you know? There's so many ways. I don't know them all. I'm sure that I'm going to meet parents and I'm going to learn and grow with them. Like, wow, that works. That's so cool. None of us know it all, but taking the time to tune in, you will know what they need, you know? And you'll be able to sleep without that ever-loving mom guilt weighing you down. <laughs> Let's get back to that bubble. So I was telling Jenna while we were while we were all experiencing technical difficulties trying to get on here because that's what intuitives do, evidently. Um, <laughs> I was talking about how Jameson is, he's three. He turned three in April and he's obsessed with his butt. <laughs> his butt and his penis and they go everywhere and it goes on everything and it does all the things and oh my god is it penis 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 I really just wanted to say it that many times to see how many people would react to that but um (laughs) I say in my dry nonchalant voice (laughs) he's it's oh my god it's a thing and I don't react because I know that's what he wants but how have you in how how did you the the point of all that penis was how did you introduce the bubble to your kids if you remember how would you encourage other parents to introduce it because my kids have no bubble that that (laughs) penis is landing on your arm I'm sorry like it's just happening (laughs) well first of all with the penis you know I mean I have kids that run around naked all the time mine are always naked in the jungle they're naked you know we're and, I, and I love that and I think it's beautiful but I also think that like explaining to him that that's like his personal area you know and that is something that Check. like does he want people to come around doing that to him I'm sure you've done all of these things um <laughs> and so <laughs> the bubble 
I think the bubble is easier to describe when they're on the receiving end of what they don't want to be. Good. I like that. Thank you. That makes sense. Then it works for them instead Mm -hmm. of against them. Then it's language that's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, oh, well, this is my bubble. And then you get to point out on the flip side when he's going into his brother's bubble or your bubble or the dog's bubble or whoever's bubble (laughs) that, you know, (laughs) hey, you didn't really like it when they were popping your bubble, right? It didn't make you feel good. You know, that wasn't, that didn't, wasn't working for you. Like, how do you think that feels for them? Perfect. They're just these little scientists, these little experimenters, right? They're just trying to decide like, what's the boundary and where is that? And who, and so just like, really tuning them into that you know like hey whatever goes for you to do to others is going to go for them to do for you like how does that feel <laughs> yeah, definitely it. teaching them the boundaries at a young age is so important you know we we practice the bubble here and I have one child that understands the bubble and one child that <laughs> wants to pop the bubble all the time so <laughs> they've got an age gap yes. but two completely different personalities and I find that I have to navigate differently with my daughter than my son because she's so much more high energy so for her the bubble looks a little bit more like distraction I have to distract (laughs) her and like find something else Mm -hmm. for her to do you know so that then Mm -hmm. she can calm herself and leave her brother alone or the cat alone or whoever alone that she's you know in their bubble so (laughs) yes boundaries you you said hey, this works great for my son, but for my daughter, I got to change it up and do something else. You didn't just say, the bubble is how we do it in our family and the bubble has to work for everybody. And it's this beautiful, you know, this beautiful dreamy concept. Why isn't it working for you? You know, you're like, all right. Because I think that's the other thing. Like when we don't tune into our kids, we're not setting them up for success. And we all truly want our children to be successful. You know, we don't really want to punish them or yell at them or any of the things that we're forced to do as parents. So it's you can cut some of that out of the picture if you just really decide to parent each of them how they need to be parented. And there's no such thing as fair because it's not fair if something works for brother A, but for brother B, it doesn't work. But, oh, it's fair. We do it for everybody. Fair is parenting them how they need to be parented right. in every moment, you know? That's awesome. I can remember my mom saying or me me saying to my mother like oh you didn't do that for jake blah 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 blah. and she would say well you're not your brother you both need different things and i would get so pissed (laughs) and now (laughs) i'll tell my husband you when he works he's active duty military and when he teaches um he was teaching at his last command and when he would teach he was taught how to teach to different people and that was something I point I had pointed out to him I remember saying like you have always had really good managerial skills you've always been able to connect to each person in the way that they need it so you're not going to yell at one person for messing up in this way you're going to sit down and talk to them this person you know how to handle them same situation completely differently so that's something that we continuously bring up in this house like you have to do it the same way with these two boys that you did at work like it's not going to be the Mm -hmm. same and I know it's so isn't it so funny how the one that's the most like them pushes their buttons even more oh because he just finds Jameson to be so adorable and Jameson is more like me in my opinion and He's just this little hellion who's doing everything for reaction. And Mike finds it so amusing. But then Wesley gets all 
like disconnected from his emotions and doesn't know how to handle things very easily and gets overwhelmed with other people's emotions, <clears throat> Mike, and then Mike's like, I don't know why he's doing any of this. He loses his mind a little bit. I'm like, yo, homie, how do you want it to be handled for you? That's how you have to look at this kid. He's you. And I know you don't see it, but he is. And this next child, it's going to be even different. So good luck to you, man. <laughs> I don't think they, it's, but it's not just like, I'm not dogging on Mike, like just using him as an example. It's really, if he listened, I would stop doing it, but he's not going to. So I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> example. Mike moments, Mike moments continue. Mike moments continue. It's a good yeah. example. People need because, to realize each kid you know, is different. Totally. And he can realize that on an adult level because you're dealing with adults and they have the language to say, hey, you know, like some of our kids, some of our kids, it's really okay to yell at. And that might sound shocking no, on this I, intuitive I get it. podcast. But like some of my kids I can yell at and they're like, hey, mom. And then they come back five minutes later. It's all good. You know. Some of them I can yell at and I'm going to traumatize them for the rest of their life. So there's Wesley. no way I'm going to do that, yep. you know? Right. Right. Okay. But my husband, he's loud and he's more of a yeller. And I can just be like, oh, bro, that is not, it's not going to go good for you. But whatever, that's how you want to handle it. Like, let's see the outcome of that one. Because I know it's going south quick. <laughs> Isn't it so fun to kind of like stand by and watch that unfold too when your kids oh, and, your, yeah. and your significant other just start to go to bat you're like who's gonna win this i'm not getting involved oh yeah i know we had i think the old paradigm was like the parents are up yeah. here and the kids are here and now we're in this like we're like ah, it's messy but it's beautiful and i'm like here in it with you and i'm not like outside of it we're all in this shit show together <laughs> and it's not always i don't think it's completely a generational thing which no one even said that it was but i think that other people might think well our, our parents parented this way and then we're doing it this way my mom is very much one to have always been like why did you do this and let's figure this out and very much like if we came to her with a problem, she would usually tell us, this is yours to figure out. I can't tell you what to do. Whereas my husband's mom will assert her like size over the kids and, and be domineering and intimidating instead, which is they're the same age. Like it's not it's not a generational thing. And my mom was not raised with an opinion like she was not entitled to that at all. So for her to do that is really growing outside of the boundary of the way that she was raised and taking that very seriously because it's it's hard. I believe it's harder to break that cycle than it is to repeat it, right? And and to see that for us and then to see where like my husband learned differently and then knowing that he's sitting on the floor having these conversations with their kids because it needs to happen. It's such a beautiful growth moment, right? To witness that. And so he's getting so much horn tooting tonight, and he'll never even know. Lucky little bastard. And he'll feel it. Yeah, he'll feel something. Um, (laughs) 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 Sorry. We're we're spicy tonight. I'm spicy tonight. Um, Is that what you called me? What did you call me? 
What did I call you? I don't remember. Oh. Yeah, I to- yeah, I told you you were busy. I was like, what did spicy. I say? I, I told her, I said I had to get up to go to the bathroom before we started recording. I said, just so you know, I'm wearing boy short underwear. And she says, just so you know, you can turn your video off. I was like, you can close your eyes. <laughs> I'm not getting dressed. <laughs> this is how we roll. <laughs> oh, I don't know how people do these podcasts live. I'm like, oh, I'm not prepared to do no, that. Man. No, no, way. no, no. <laughs> oh man. All right. So back to it. It's it's correcting ourselves. It's we are. It's, it's always me that leads the caveat, isn't it? <laughs> do but you know what I want to say as you were talking about your mom yeah I just had my mom on the podcast and I feel very similar oh like she broke it right and and I also feel like I married my grandpa and so it was interesting like I was working with one of my intuitive friends recently and my grandparents came through and it was like you're healing that like for like your Mm -hmm. lineage you know and and also for my husband's family and it was interesting because the dynamic in my house is like my older two aren't my husband's children. They're my first husband's children who has passed away. So with them, I get to just be like, this is how I do it. Like, I'm sorry, but this is how I do it. And it gave me this place to now with my younger children have that, you know, this is how I do it. This is how we're going to do it. You know, this is how we're moving forward. And so, yeah, really like adding that ancestral piece in there, it just kind of comes with the territory because you have to examine like, how was I parented and then have those conversations or, or see where like, wow, my grandfather didn't have a lot of love and it was during the great depression. And like, there was, you know, a lot of things there. And so he didn't have the capacity to show it as clearly. And, and so it can bring such a deeper understanding through your family, which is really beautiful, beautiful too. And then, you know, you were saying the example of the the two grandparents that your children have to deal with and which one do they gravitate towards? I'm sure they gravitate towards the, the grandparent that's, you know, and it's sad from the outside because sometimes you want to be like, ah, you, you want so badly to be involved and that's why you're imposing yourself into it. But if you just stood back and just allowed yourself to be on the same level, the quality of your relationship would be exponentially improved, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. where we can get in our own way so much. Right. There is out a, of fear, out of wanting uh, them to save, you know. Right. Yeah. Our our body tells us so much naturally. You know, we we know when something doesn't feel right to us. So Catherine was saying about like the um, the way her husband was raised and now the way her husband is doing things because he knows it doesn't feel right to him to be the same. So therefore he's breaking the cycle. So I love that you are offering this for parents because you don't have to be psychic. You don't have to be a medium to tap into your right. own intuition. And so this is, this is a beautiful thing that you're, you're going to be offering for people. So kudos to you yeah. for that, because that's amazing. We need to follow our instincts. When does great. that when does that start? What is the um uh, like the I just the program layout? My website. Ooh. So I just finished my nice. website. So I have three different offerings, and one of them I feel like is more for um, maybe you're just a first time parent, or you have already tapped really well into your own intuition, and you just want to go a little deeper with your child. And that would just be like a month working together you know, having one-on-one and then access to me when things come up, just to have that little hand-holding that I know this is how I want to parent, but I don't have a lot of support around me. Sometimes it can be support with our partner, right? Like, oh, wow, these are the conversations that I can start to have as we move forward. And then 
there's a three month program, which I, I, you know, is, is good, but I think it's also good to have a, as well, a handle on, on some of your stuff and then dive deeper. And then the six month program would be for your listeners who are like, what should people choose their kids and really wanting to <laughs> dive deeper, you know, into that. And I'm hoping eventually to have like some sort of just easy workshop or something like that. But for right now, I'm just offering the one on one coaching. But I think I'd like to eventually do group because it would be cool to then have these group of parents that you've gone through the program together, that you can continue to call, that you can continue to have that support. But like I said, I have the Facebook group too. I'm not the best at posting, but just it's the the vision behind it is to just build that like, hey, this is coming up for me. Like, what do you guys think instead of, you know, filtering it through generational trauma, how your sister did it, how your mom did it, how your best friend does it might not resonate with you, you know? Yeah. Um, You raised your kids far away from your entire family. I realize this is like another caveat, but you know what? That's my job here. So you do you feel like that made it easier for you too though to do things differently because well you keep bringing up like sister and I think about how my sister does things versus how I do things and given we are very different people outside of our dry sense of humor sarcasm and like stunningly good looks we're very different people we parent very 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 differently and she has her first right now but she is very much like she wants things to fit more on a schedule which is fine because that's how her life is. But I can't, I can't imagine living that way. And I think it's, it's interesting because being up north back home with my family, I wonder if I would feel more inclined to do things a certain way. And that being down here and away from everyone living like a good six, 700 miles away has given me the opportunity Mm -hmm. to grow in my own self-confidence and then do things differently. And I have to say too, like, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to just say, like, this is how I'm doing it. Oh, 100%. And I think if you're living far away and grandma's not your child care, so she doesn't have a say because, you know, once you start to get help from people, then they have they do have a say do. in how you're doing things because you've invited them into this circle. And yes, 100% for me, because I was the middle child who was told anytime I left to go on a trip or anywhere, don't join a cult. (laughs) I don't think my family had as much faith and confidence in like who I was as a person. And part of that was my fault. You know, I I figured out that sometimes acting clueless is, is easier. You just get people do stuff for you and you know, whatever. So I was the middle child. My sister and I were best friends. She was two years older than me. And you know, she handled the details of stuff like getting car insurance and all the things that I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, we have car insurance. You know, so I um, I 100% feel that because I it was unexpected. I was 23. You know, they didn't know my husband very well. We weren't even married. It was like all the things that my mom told me not to do. I did. And then I chose, you know, oh, my gosh, I don't know why I thought it was a good idea to tell my mom that I was going to have her first grandchild unassisted at home. And she loves childbirth, but she she had her babies in the hospital, but she loved natural childbirth. I don't know why. I just felt like, she this will be fine. The letter my dad wrote to oh. my, my husband was like, this is all well and good, but if anything happens to them, I hold you personally responsible. And the then, you letter. know, vaccines were something <laughs> that I wanted to handle on my own. And when I told them my vaccine, vaccination choices that was a big learning curve for them and so being far away it allowed 
me to grow into who I was and then to come back into my family with the confidence of this is who I am. This is how we do things. And that's been amazing. And that is something that I think is key when you have, especially your first child, is establishing I am the parent. I'm smart. You raised me well. You just got to let it go now and let me do it. If I come to you and say, what do you think about this? I go to my mom and ask her questions about things. And that's the time and the place where she tells me her thoughts, ideas, and opinions. And I'm just super blessed that all of my in-laws and my parents have just like surrendered to how we do things. That's awesome. And now they can see. I mean, I have a 16 and a half year old. Like I'm doing all right. He survived. survived. Yeah. That's what I always say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's something my sister has always had such insane self-confidence. So to know like she's fine with the way she does things, good for her. And that's exactly where that belongs. Like, (laughs) (laughs) And and you just know there's some things you just don't talk about or don't like get into philosophical discussions about. But that's where like, you know, my sister and I are good enough friends that we do things very differently and we respect and love each other and we just do it differently, you know, and And that's all good. That's where you have that community that is growing organically. So no pressure to post and do all of those crazy things. You live a disconnected (laughs) life and that's what is going to draw people to you ironically through the connection of social media. But (laughs) (laughs) it's so important. That community is important. Right. So keep building it. Even if you were, and people post in there on their own too. And I know, yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal that people have yeah. that safe space that they feel that they can do that in. So your, um, your private one-on-ones and everything, those are video chat. Yeah. Yeah. Those are through zoom. Yeah. And so it'd be like an hour a week and then, um, just like, little little I'm developing also like I said I want to develop this card game so some sort of like packet and worksheet that I can even give to parents to have the conversation from a laid back place you know hey our we have a two-year-old but let's talk about what we're going to do when our 16 year old comes home drunk you know and like let's drink wine and have this conversation and have a nice time and we're not emotionally attached to it and now we can have some reference points for how we're going to move forward so yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. 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 So people can find you on Facebook. They can find you yes. on Instagram, right? You're also on Instagram. You can. And then your new yep. website. You and know. then if they just, I'll tell you, it's uh, mominterrupted.net. And all my socials are linked through there too. So if they just want a central place. I just started a YouTube channel too with like just intuitive parenting mm. tips and tricks. I only have three videos, but. I'm working on it just to like, you know, I just want to have free content too for people who are like, this is interesting. I want to know a little bit more. And then just, yeah, that's why I like the podcast too. I love like having a place where I can just talk story. People can get to know who I am. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just really want, I want people to be able to experience the true joy of connecting with their children and these people that are adding to their life and not an extra stress in it. You know what I mean? And the other piece, I know he already wrapped up, but let's, I'm just, I can talk more. The one other piece that I wanted to say was it's really, really powerful. And as a parent, you tap into your own intuition because a lot of your fear for their safety or their life path or all of these things, you can say, I don't need, that's not my job to worry about. And the other thing is, is once they get a little older, 
you can tune them into their own superpowers and their own inner guidance system. How do I know what feels right? How do I know what feels wrong? And then peer pressure becomes a thing of the past because you can send them out into the world with, hey, you know, be safe. And that's all I need to tell you. Follow your guidance and be safe. And if they experience through their childhood how that served them, then as a teenager, they're not going to do as much stupid shit. They're still going to do stupid shit because that's what they're supposed to be doing. But it's it's going to be, you know, safe stupid shit or stuff. You know, what? like it's just they're going to know that is this right for me? Well, I did it one time and it wasn't right for me. And look at the repercussions. And next time I'm definitely going to listen to myself. And we all need those yeah. lessons, right? We're just that Trusting yourself. In, but but it's cool to also like offer that to our children. And then as parents have the confidence that they're walking in the world tuned in and we don't have to control everything because they have their own guidance system. We've showed it to them. We can trust in it. Awesome. As well. Yeah. Love that. Beautiful. <laughs> I love that. Well, all right. Jenna, you got anything to add home girl? No, I love it all. I love it all. Courtney, you got it. it. I want to hang out it. with both of you. we're coming to you okay come on yes please we'll come to you to hawaii that sounds we're not going to rochester new york sorry jenna and virginia beach compared to hawaii (laughs) we'll come to hawaii thank you (laughs) oh my god (laughs) perfect can we do you kayak i want to go kayaking in hawaii that sounds wonderful Yes. All right. Let's do that. Okay. So kayaking next weekend, I'll push the baby out and then we'll go down for a kayak <laughs> sesh. And uh, <laughs> maybe I'll just get on the plane now, fly down and birth them in the kayak. I mean, you're there, right? Oh, It'll be fun. Yes, please. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I hear the I hear the fear in that laughter, Catherine. I hear the fear in that laughter. <laughs> Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the show and enlightening us on intuitive parenting. It was a really good conversation. So thrilling to talk to other intuitive moms as well. And we are definitely, you're going to have to come back on and jam with us because there's so much to talk about with like birthing experiences and all of that as well that people need to heal from too. So awesome. All right. Well. Love you. Have a beautiful birth. I'll be in touch. Oh, God. Yes. By the time this releases, he will be here. So, yay. (laughs) Thank you for coming on. I enjoyed chatting with you and seeing your smiling face in person. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate all that you're doing. I appreciate getting to listen to it while I'm outside in the garden and just tuning into both of your beautiful energy. It's a, it's a really great thing. You're so sweet. If you guys yeah. haven't listened to Mom Interrupted yet either, get on there. You have to. Wait a minute. Let me ask too. Spotify, iTunes, and where else are you found? Google Play. Google Spotify, Play. All right. But I actually have it linked into my website, so they can go to my website. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening today to Project Healing. <laughs>